Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Utah Film Pod, and welcome to 2022. Danny, it's good to be back. It's uh, Danny Hatch and Josh Terry back to talk about movies and uh, maybe some other stuff. I keep wanting to talk <laughs> about other stuff, but you know, we'll try to stick to movies for the most part. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing great. Happy New Year. Thanks. You too. You too. Happy New Year. Did you do anything fun over the holidays? Um, just visited my fam. Uh, we did this big family reunion, which of course was just breeding ground for disease. But um, <laughs> it was super fun. It was nice getting together with everyone. And we're all just recovering, trying to get ready for this next semester of school and getting back right. to work and whatever, right? So Yeah. But I love the new year. This is really exciting. I love fresh starts and everything and it's been fun looking back and looking ahead so i'm really excited about this episode i well i'm i'm definitely excited about the episode um i am i am cautiously <laughs> i am cautiously optimistic about 2022 i for I, sure. I january for for a variety of reasons is never my favorite time of year um you know because there's I don't know. I, I keep telling myself I need to get more into winter sports, like I really need to get more into skiing or snowboarding or something, just mm -hmm. so I have m something more to do kind of in the January, February range. Um, yeah. But right now, it's kind of this this long exhale after December <laughs> and then gearing up for, you know, because the first time I usually head out and, you know, go start taking pictures again and, and stuff is about a, in spring break in March. And so, mm -hmm. so the next two months are usually – kind of a, a downtime, but I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling, like I said, cautiously optimistic, I think would be the way that I would yeah. <laughs> describe it, but, uh, but I'm definitely happy to be here. And so it's good to be good to be, I guess, well, crap, has it been like a month since the last time we recorded? It's, it feels like it's been a little while. It has been a little while. The editing helped space things out a little bit, but yeah, we kind of, we took Christmas off and That's, enjoyed our you break. Know, just a couple of slackers, I have a couple you know, slackers. letting our fans down. What are we doing? What I don't think doing? our pay grade is high enough to. That's true. That's <laughs> true. That. Although at the same time, now that I think about it, yeah. we did we did provide our our listeners slash readers with some some new material because uh, we did post a couple of articles to the Utah Film. Utah.film website. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to you want to tell us about yours? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it was kind of interesting because um, I'm looking at your article where it was like the ten best uh, new releases that you enjoyed last year. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm I'm with you on all those picks. And I think you know it's kind of easy to narrow down what were the the best films of last year. Just because there weren't that many. I know exactly. <laughs> were the only films worth seeing. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, so there's that, but also part of it is I just had a lot of really interesting personal um, experiences um, going back to older movies, so I wanted to write about my top viewing experiences, so that's what you can check for me on the website. I only have yeah. um, five so far. We might be adding more to it, depending on how many, how much I can milk uh, the, the know, essay there, right? <laughs> but... 10, 10 is just an obligatory number. I think five <laughs> works. I think seven is great. Even if you had three, I, I just like the idea. I, because sure. e even though, I mean, I, I enjoyed putting something together, you know, my 10 best films of 2021 is hardly the most original concept on, uh, <laughs> on the wild world of the internet. So, uh, but I think so it's I'm, important, I'm you know, it's important to look back and it's like, Hey, you know, this is what we want to take with us into the, into the new year. These were the good ones, right? 
So yeah, no, and it was. I would. I would also say, and I don't think. I don't think I really mentioned this in the article, but I think that that this would be a good place to to touch on it. Is that mm -hmm. it did start to feel like more of a traditional holiday movie season. You know, just mm, totally. in terms of, you know, there were, obviously there were some good movies, um, but also just that there seemed to be more, how would I put it, just the quantity mm -hmm. of, of holiday releases seemed to, to feel a little bit, if not back to normal, at least heading in that direction. Oh, totally. Um, and then to maybe kind of give a sneak preview for what we're going to talk about in a little while here, as I look over the schedule for 2022 that feels a lot more back to normal direction wise as, Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. No, we're definitely yeah. getting back there. So it's exciting to see that, that progression. In addition to these articles that we have on the Utah film page, I just, I have to highlight your blog article on wounded mosquito. I thought it was just oh. incredible. And I'm totally <laughs> linking that in the description of this, um, podcast because I mean to be fair like I think there's a good argument here where it's very Utah related and you know of course we're very biased towards you and what you do <laughs> as we should be no but like oh my goodness I had no idea I mean like I knew some things that were going on in your life last year but like no idea how that just like last year kicked off just insanely awful and just um all your pictures are beautiful so I mean oh, that you. alone like we're the Utah film website right so it's like you know, if you want to see great pictures of the state, the, your pictures on there were oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. That's so. that's that's really kind of you to say. I, and I I appreciate the fact that you actually bothered to take a look at that that sprawling <laughs> epic. I seriously think that because well, just really really quickly, since it's going to be linked on there, I'll I'll just give a little bit of context. Years ago, I used to do the traditional send out Christmas cards, and then just kind of got away from that and thought, oh, you know what, I'm just going to like put together something on, I can't even remember if I was using InDesign or whatever, but I put together like a Christmas letter. And this was even before I got into photography and I would send that out instead. And then I started publishing it online and just kind of doing like a blog recap. And then the more I got into photography, it became more of like a year in pictures. And it's just evolved into this thing now where, my gosh, this thing was just like 4,000 words and 50 pictures and <laughs> I almost, I, it's kind of like, you know what, if you want to take this on, here you go. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, and it, it's quite the story. Like you, you said epic and it definitely is. So I just, I enjoyed it so much. I got a good chuckle out of um, some of your links, especially the, the intern one. Um, oh yeah. Where I that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That made me laugh. That's because you were, well, you were, you were featured prominently in last year's. You were, you were a big part of my story of 2021. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, it was, it was just so fun. So I, I think everyone should read it. And I think there's a lot everyone can relate to and, um, or even, you know, hopefully not relate to because you did go through some <laughs> crazy stuff. As, as we all have. And that's, I think that's kind uh, of. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. There's, you know, especially now this year was a little bit different, but when I was, when I was writing for 2020, it felt different because it felt like, okay, well, instead of just kind of giving you my my annual report on this is what's going on in my life. It's mm -hmm. like, well, this is what's going on with all of us. And here's all, you know, just kind of my little perspective yeah. on it. And so, so the last, the last couple yeah. have kind of had a little bit of a, a different tone than, than your normal kind of Christmas card, 
oh, little Bobby is is walking now, and and, <laughs> and Sally's in the fourth grade, and she loves to play the piano. You know, it's it's more of just kind of a, yeah. And we thought things were bad, and then this happened. Yep. <laughs> and so, oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, good times, good times. But you know, and 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 happy to say that you know there were some positive movie aspects of that because you know that's that's been a significant part of you know i i think that there's been such an impact on on movies and our popular culture as a result of the whole pandemic that true but anyway yeah. well th- th- thanks again that's that's very kind of you to bring that no, up of course so. i had to it was it was so much fun and i want everyone else to enjoy it sorry we were we we're going to go on to the to other new stuff, right? That's right. Well, that's right because there, there, there is some Utah-related, Utah film-related news or Utah-related film news. I don't know how we'd put that, but uh, how about how about I just pitch it over to you? <laughs> sounds good. And you could take it while I untie my tongue. Yeah, sounds good. Um, <laughs> so um, Sundance is coming up this month, and this is kind of recent news. Just it is, and it isn't, right? I know. Yeah, no. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, how everything's changing kind of at the last minute. Um, but yeah. Sundance Film Festival for 2022 um, is taking place, starting January 20th, but instead of it taking place, um, you know, in person, they've moved it all virtual. Um, it's just, you know, with the rising cases and everything, I think everyone's, everyone at this point wants to play it safe. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to, yeah. we don't want um, any catastrophes, right? So, um but yeah, that's kind of a, a big thing. And it's funny, too, because I just and maybe this has been my whole thing with 2021 and now seeing it in 2022, where it's like any time I've tried to make, make plans, it just seems like it's so useless. Like right. I, I was kind of looking into applying and being there because I'm I'm not too far away from mm-hmm. Park City. But um, and it's like uh, it was all for naught anyways. So I'm kind of glad that I yeah. skipped that hassle because, you know, it's all virtual now. No, it is it is disappointing. I mean, I never did the full on, I'm going to get a hotel in Park City and I'm just going to spend 10 days just watching seven movies a day type type thing. Like I never, you know, I, it was always a little bit more, you know, maybe, maybe 10 odd movies um, of total coverage. But I kind of miss being up in Park City mm-hmm. and standing in those 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 cattle lines you know and, <laughs> and it was it was fun it's, and some of my some of my favorite movies that i've covered over you know in the last 10 years came from from sundance in fact mm. i think you know coda the one that i named is last year's my you know my best picture of 2021 i think that that actually debuted at sundance and so you know they have a way of finding some finding some gems in there so it's oh yeah you know, I mean, at least it's still around, you know, but, but virtually if better, better virtual than not at all, I guess. So yeah. and then maybe, sure. maybe next week, maybe next year it'll be back up to speed. Yeah. Was it in person last year? I can't no, remember. no, it okay, was, was yeah, well. it was also, it was also online. Yeah. So, so I think this will be, you know, now the second year in a row that they'll have mm-hmm. done it that way. Um, because in 2020 that all happened before yeah you know kind of covid kicked in so yeah so this will be the second year and then i don't know hopefully by 2023 it'll you know i i keep wanting to avoid the phrase back to normal because it's never really (laughs) going to be back to normal it's going to be whatever you know whatever emerges from all this but uh 
you know, I, I think overall we're heading in a good direction. I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I say, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, normal-ish. Yeah, normal enough. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, well, yeah. So, so any, can you think of anything else kind of news related? I mean, that's, that to me seems like the big thing right now. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is January, which is, you know, I, I pit, I put, January and September together as far as they're kind of these in terms of like film releases they're kind of the odd the the odd months out if that makes sense where oh, no. yeah you know because in September if anything comes out in September you kind of ask yourself oh well why wasn't this good enough to come out in <laughs> July or you know, why wasn't this, because if, it's not good enough to be a summer release and they bring it out in September, they just kind of, hmm, you raise the eyebrow. And January is kind of the same thing with the holidays. It's like, all right, well, apparently this wasn't good enough to bring out during the holidays, but here it is. And then, yeah. but I mean, not, but it's not a guarantee. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I'm trying to remember how long ago this was now. Um, I remember Paddington 2 came out in January and... That was just a great little movie. Did you did you ever see any of those? No, I didn't. But that That's, was good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember enjoying the first one, but I remember enjoying the second one specifically. Like I remember it, that kind of standing out. Like, oh wow! Like I didn't. It's like you didn't expect it to be bad, but I also didn't expect it to be that good. And mm-hmm. and so so you'll you'll find some gems in in January, but but usually it's kind of the downtime and. I don't know. I'm kind of getting the sense that that's what's happening now, because uh, yeah. as we as we look at the the new movies to cover, um, I mean, first of all, there's not that much, uh, mm-hmm. and then when one of them, I can't even really give you a review on. Uh, the newest release is going to be the new or the latest Scream movie, um, which you know normally I'd be pretty interested to see. I, I enjoyed some of the first ones, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually not going to be covering that with my normal uh, press and media outlets. And so so if I want to see it, I'm going to have to go see it when it actually just comes out in the regular theater this weekend. Like the rest of but, us peasants? Uh, like the rest of the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> those, those poor. <laughs> so seriously, like, you know, it's. But and that's usually a bad sign, you know. I, I can say from extensive experience that if they don't if they don't set up press screenings, a lot of time that's just kind of the hint that's like, yeah, we don't really need to have people cover this, do we? <laughs> you know. Oh. Um, but we'll, we'll maybe it can prove me wrong. I would I would love to think that it did prove me wrong because, um, like mm-hmm. I said, I did I did enjoy some of the first ones, so it'd be interesting to see what they do yeah. here. But unfortunately, I can't tell you. I can't. I haven't seen it. So. Um, one movie that I did see though, uh, which came out last week, uh, was the 355, which is a, a new kind of a action spy thriller, uh, with a, a female twist, I guess you would say, because the, the ensemble group of, of action stars slash spies, uh, it's, it's basically about a group of, of four to five because they they get a fifth by the end of the movie um yeah sorry sorry i'm I'm a little rusty the holidays you know like like i said 2021 was really rough (laughs) feeling a little off my game so 
No, but they're so so. You've got uh, this group, and they're they all come. They're all spies from different agencies. Um, you know, one one from the CIA, one from MI6, one from Germany. I'm not really sure what their intelligence agency was called. Um, and then uh, then you have somebody. Um, oh my gosh, we might have to edit this out. No, you're okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so you so you have. There, you know, four four different spies coming from different agencies around the world who all come together to kind of basically chase this software MacGuffin type thing, where you know, which is a little on the routine side, where you know, this the software, if somebody gets a hold of it, they can use it to control the you know all the networks and and the power grids, and they can crash the system and literally crash air- airplanes, and 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 so. So they all, they all kind of come into the story because they're trying to hunt down this thing, and initially they're, they're competing with each other until they realize what they're all going for in terms of like a similar goal, and so they team up together and they become kind of like this super spy uh, squad that's uh, trying to figure out not just how to get this this you know MacGuffin type thing, but but how who's actually behind it because there's intrigue as far as you know who's there and who's not and, and I really will give away spoilers if I if I say a whole lot more than than that in terms of the plot um mm-hmm. the my verdict on the thing is <clears throat> it's okay <laughs> it's <laughs> I I like the idea yeah. and I love the cast that was uh, the thing for got, me like I love yeah. all the people here yeah Oh yeah, you got uh, Jessica Chastain is the CIA agent. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is the MI6 agent. Penelope Cruz, who is technically not a spy, but she's like a psychologist to the spy agency. Um, and then Diane Kruger is from Germany, and so it's the four of them. And then later on, they add, like I said, there's a, there's somebody else who kind of comes into the mix as well. But uh, just a you know great cast, really, really you know fun group and and i think i think the thing that kind of fell flat for me was that it was just a very predictable plot and story um just where things happen and the moment they happen you know exactly what's coming next yeah. I think you would enjoy this as a matinee type or maybe like a discount Tuesday type movie. I, I really wouldn't encourage people to go see this and pay full price. Yeah. Um but but for anybody who does want to see it, I won't I won't give too much more away, but it does kind of feel you know, you had some really, really great elements and potential, but then the mm-hmm. script and the story just kind of falls flat and is just a little too Okay, well there's just uh, overall it feels like a January release, sadly. Um, mm. And and so, you know, maybe maybe with some, like I said, I think with a better script, totally would have been a, a really fun ride. If you, you if you had done more with the cast and the elements that you had, I think that, you know, you referring to the filmmakers, not to you personally, Danny. I, I hold you, <laughs> I'm holding you accountable oh, for this no. movie. I'm sorry. Because, I did all I could. Because I'm just, I'm just looking for somebody to blame. 
just take out all your aggressions on me. <laughs> I see. Oh, you know what? This is actually um, a um, masculinity thing. You're, you're just so... Oh, is against. that what it is? Yeah, because these are female stars, and you just can't support female-led oh. movies. And now you take it out on your female co-host. Like, <laughs> Oh, gosh. You had to point that out. <laughs> you're so misogynistic. Um, <laughs> that's no, honestly, like, sincerely, I it's, it's kind of... It's kind of the flip side because, like I said, I mean, I, I love, you know, Penelope Cruz and oh, Jessica yeah. Chastain. And oh, Lupita yeah. Nyong'o is just awesome. And I everything. <laughs> if I can, you know, <laughs> attempt to dig myself out of the hole that I unintentionally. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Oh. But, no, I, like, I really think that Lupita Nyong'o is just one of the most. When I, when I think about the things I have seen her in, mm. you know, you know how a lot of people – they don't seem to change much from role to role. You know, it's always kind of them. Yeah. But but when I think about the stuff that I've seen her do, and, and a lot of this, honestly, I think is because of that movie. Uh, did you see Us from a couple of years ago, the horror movie? I'm too much of a wimp. I can't, I can't do it. It freaked me out. Yeah. But I've seen clips, and it looks like it was very well done. And she, it's, yeah, yeah, she it's looked bonkers. amazing in it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, something no, I was, was wondering, script. something I was wondering with this is um, because they were marketing this, tying it to like Jason Bourne and stuff like that, like it was the same creators, right? Yeah. And so was this something that do you think they're trying to go for a series? Like, you know, this is like a 007 kind of group. This is the next Bourne kind of series. Like, was um, that kind of the feel or is this more like just a standalone? If you want to see it, cool. If not, it's not a big deal. My guess is if the movie did well they would absolutely keep it going mm. i didn't i didn't get the sense from the movie itself that it was really trying hard to set things up and then and then come back next time for this you know <laughs> because they're because a lot of them do i mean a lot of yeah. times they do they yeah. really make it obvious that okay and we're gonna be back so please come and see this movie and support it so we can make another one <laughs> um this this one i think you know would would serve perfectly well as a standalone um but obviously leave leave room for for sequels and stuff. I don't see it becoming the next Jason Bourne necessarily. Um yeah, I don't know cuz I cuz I'm watching this and and you know there's there's a very clear theme about you know the 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 female characters coming together and stuff and it made me think of like well well is this you know cuz there are lots of other kind of female action star spy, you know, I'm mean, just thinking about uh, Scarlett Johansson and oh yeah, you know as Black Widow and and then uh, uh, Florence Pugh was in the the last because she was obviously being set up to be the next Black Widow kind of kind of character, um, and so I'm thinking about other kind of similar ones that I don't know I'd almost rather kind of see those series continue in a little bit uh, in a way but I don't know does that answer mm-hmm. the question? No no <laughs> I, I think that's am totally I digging fair. more holes? No. Am I- <laughs> So, yeah, but uh, but yeah. So outside of three fifty five and Scream, which I did not see or did not get the opportunity to see, maybe I should clarify. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of new stuff to cover. That's kind of it for what we've got right now. But there are a lot of movies coming out this year, and kind of what you were saying before, how things are starting to look kind of normal ish. Like yeah. the releases, just looking through them, it seems like a very normal year. Your normal genres your normal um 
faces. We're going to see a lot of the same actors and directors. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just, it's very, it, it honestly, like, it kind of felt like we're going back to 2019 a little bit, especially with some of the sequels. Like, hey, remember these movies that we really liked? Let's let's have some more of those. And um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And sadly, some of these ones that, oh, you didn't want to see any more of this, did you? Well, here it is. <laughs> Uh, but that happens every year, right? So it's almost oh, like, yeah. so even the horrible stuff kind of gives me that little like warm, fuzzy feeling where it's like, oh man, I love hating this stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, you, you're absolutely right. That's, you know, because you, you were kind enough to go through and, and put together a nice Google Doc that listed everything. And I was reading through these and, you know, I, I think I probably mentioned before, I really don't try super hard to to track everything that's coming down the road because I just I don't want you know lots of spoilers and stuff but mm, um yeah. but uh just looking through this list it's like oh wow I didn't know that was oh yeah wow look at all these you know so mm-hmm. so yeah but so so uh you know you put the list together so you can get to go first what uh, what are you most <laughs> sure. excited to see um something I'm really intrigued by a pattern that I'm seeing is that there's kind of this spin on the superhero uh, genre like I I love it when you know creators are taking inspirations where it's like oh this is you know popular how can we kind of like morph this a little bit and so there's a lot of these like superhero in the real world kind of like unbreakable like where you know it's it's definitely not in Marvel it's not something you find in comic books but it's like how could we make this more grounded or play into these um, popular things so something I'm really excited to see um, starring uh, Michelle Yeoh, who I, I just, she's amazing. I love her. It's called Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it's playing into that whole multiverse superhero kind of stuff. And um, she has these, like, other lives where she learned these different skills and she can, like, hone in on them. And it just looks like a really exciting, very stylish kind of film. And so I, I think it's kind of fun seeing, um, you know, here's, you know, something we've seen a million times, but you add a little creativity and some you know something a little more to it um where it's yeah. it's something that i think w- would be really really fun to watch um so that's something i'm really looking forward to cool um yeah is there anything in that realm that um so i i'm not that familiar with with the ones that you've you've kind of designated as the the spin-off the superhero spin-offs um mm-hmm. now i mean there are which, you know, I guess is somewhat significant since I've been bashing on superhero movies for the last few <laughs> months. Um, but I am, I am really excited to see the new Thor movie. Oh, um, right. Basically, ever, ever, since, ever since Ragnarok, Thor has just been propelled to, you know, at or near the top of my favorite, really favorite superheroes, is, let alone Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. And so whatever, whatever Love and Thunder is, I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am so, so with you there. I think it's going to be just so, so much fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of that realm. And there are just so many superhero movies. I, I don't even want to go into like explaining them because everyone knows. Because I feel like out of any anything on this list, like I had to really hunt down for any of the other ones because, you know, those ones are so well advertised. Like we've known um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Like we knew about that movie like years ago. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. Yeah. So, um, but moving on to, like, other things, um, lots of biopics I saw, um, a lot of, yeah. like, musician kind of stuff, so I didn't know if there were any there that you're interested in since you're... 
You're more the music well, guy. I don't know much with music. <laughs> Who's well, Elvis? I, mean, I don't know. Who is Elvis? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I, the the Elvis one jumped out at me. Um, You know, obviously Marilyn Monroe. uh, Mm -hmm. Now Whitney Whitney Houston. I don't know. I I guess of of all of these, I mean, I'm I'm a big Elvis fan in in Mm -hmm. a way. I mean, I've got I've got a Velvet Elvis in my office. Oh, um, no way. Which is more of a, yeah, well, it's more of a pop culture thing than a diehard Elvis fan type thing. But, uh, but, but the one that, what's, what's, what's interesting, the one I feel more connected to is the Whitney Houston one, because Whitney Houston is more of what I guess would consider my contemporary, right? Because, you know, Elvis, Elvis died very soon after I was born. Marilyn Monroe was gone quite a ways, you know, before before my time mm-hmm. but i i kind of as a as a kid watched whitney houston's career mm. and so so there's kind of this i don't know it's kind of a melancholy thing it's like oh yeah yeah whitney houston that's so sad and 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 so i don't know if if i can say one thing about it and this is without having read or watched any trailers or anything i hope that it celebrates the best of her career instead of just kind of focuses on the downfall or the, the, the sad, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it seems like there are so many of these biopics that in, even though they're, they're well-produced and well-acted, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, uh, the Judy girl, the Judy Garland one from a couple of years ago. Oh, and, yeah. and, and uh, what was the other one? There was another one that was, Oh, that was very recent. I'm it's, I'm, I'm blanking on it now, but, but it seems like there's this tendency to just recreate this, like the bitter. Well, even even like with Princess Die, you know, which I don't know if this is the mm. the best comparison, but with, but with with her movie last year, it was just about this, this weird surreal weekend as she was having, you know, a kind of a mental breakdown before her death, and, yeah, and and so it's like you know. Whitney Houston was an incredible performer and had some, some amazing stuff. And so I hope that they do that instead of just like, I hope it's not like, well, here's this dramatic retelling of the last six months of Whitney Houston's tragic life, you know? It's like, hey, remember that sad moment? Let's relive that. <laughs> right, right. Because that, yeah. that's what, as, as much as I really appreciated um, what uh, uh, Renee Zellweger did with the, the Judy Garland yeah. Because wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, this movie is all about the end of her life. I don't want to just see the end of her life. I I want to remember. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's... No, I, I feel you. That's totally fair. So what, what else is on your list here? Yeah. So I um, also have some things highlighted with animated. Like, of course, Pixar and Disney are turning out a whole bunch of things. Um, I'm really excited for DreamWorks is um, The Bad Guys. I like okay. I don't know the animation style and the story of it like it, it it feels very like kid style Ocean's 11. Okay. With animated animals stealing from humans. I don't know, it just looks really interesting to me and it looks like it'll <laughs> be a fun, fun story. And I just I love supporting animation that's not Disney. Is that a bad thing to say? Sometimes I feel guilty. No, about, but, no. I But even that being said, like I mean I'm still going to see Lightyear cuz like 
you know, I'm, there's still sure. that, like, loyalty. Maybe that's the thing. I'm, like, in a teenage phase where it's, like, I want to rebel against what I loved as a kid, <laughs> but I still love there what I know. loved as a kid. <laughs> I think it's it's very natural to to cheer for the underdog, right? And, yeah. And, and because, because Disney is so good and so kind of omnipresent, I think it's yeah. natural to want the best from the little guy, right? You know, you, you mm-hmm. want these, these kind of smaller productions to, to do well. Um, now I know that, um, as, I, as I'm looking at your list, so maybe it's going to get its wide release this year is the, uh, bell. Um, mm-hmm. I watched, this is awful. Maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> I watched the first half of it in, my marathon cranking through lots of different movies to try to, you know, kind of get caught up for the vote um, because a couple people had recommended it. Mm-hmm. And it's very much kind of an anime, uh, you know, adaptation, very, very stylized. And it, it is kind of yeah. like this Beauty and the Beast type thing. But I just, I, like, it looked really cool, but I just couldn't get into it. So, so that, so that one. <laughs> I think might have already got kind of like a limited release last yeah. year. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you do, if you do like kind of more of an anime style animation, I think this one would be really interesting for you. Um, yeah. But it, well, that's it a good one to highlight. My, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't my, my thing. <laughs> Any, anything else? I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the list. I'm thinking, Oh, mission impossible seven. That'll be good. Oh yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Knives Out too, just because I'm. That one's I mean, so I enjoyed fun. the first one. Yeah. Well, and I'm in, I'm intrigued to see what the sequel looks like. You know, I mean, is this? She gets framed for murder again. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, because I I didn't see that as a movie that was asking for a sequel. Right. And so it's like, is this more adventures of the the Daniel Craig character, mm-hmm. or is you like to say, is it a continuation of that actual story? Yeah. Um. But uh, it'll be fun to see. The first one was good enough that I'm excited to see what they do with the second. So yeah, um, unlike some other movies, <laughs> so maybe if you want to go into unless that, unless you have any, is uh, uh, if you're ready. Well, if you have, if yeah, I mean they're know. just so I have this um, oddball kind of c- category where it's just like I I don't know how to categorize them. So like there's this one where Nick Cage is like himself, but like he gets wrapped up in this kind of like. I don't know, something goes wrong and it's like action, but it's like Nick Cage is Nick Cage. It's the unbearable weight yeah. and massive talent. So like weird ones like that. Jordan Peele has another horror movie coming out called Nope. Um, I also highlighted The Outfit, which I'm mostly just excited for because I love crime dramas and Mark Rylance, who um, of BFG and Bridge okay. of Spies fame. And maybe I'm just excited to see him again because I really liked him in Don't Look Up. Like his character was just hilarious killed me he's so funny um yeah but just a a bunch of kind of movies like that where it feels whereas last year it's like the only movies that were coming out were like you know big name ones where like they kind of held off the release because they wanted it to be released in a theater but now it's like you you can have that freedom to do something kind of weird and different and creative and um that's something i'm really looking forward to this next year yeah no, it, it would not surprise me at all if some of my favorite movies of the year come out of this category that you put together, mm, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, 
Babylon looks like so, so Damien Chazelle did that one is that what you're saying the the La La yeah, Land yeah, yeah. director mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're going to have a new so we're going to have a, a western from Scorsese and <laughs> you know so oh yeah no that'll be look at that, those it looks like there's some promise in there for sure um, but I'm excited to talk about the movies that I think are going to be crap so <laughs> let's talk about that <laughs> Sounds good. I think everything in that category for me is just all sequel stuff where I am so scared. I am so scared because like I loved a lot of these series. So like um first one that I'm seeing is Fantastic Beasts, which I'm okay, and, and this yeah. is going to break my husband's heart. I'm not a big Harry yeah. Potter fan like like he is. Okay. Um but when Fantastic Beasts came out like I had the screenplay book, I had like um, all this, like, artwork from it. Like, I mean, I was just the biggest fan of Fantastic Beasts because I loved seeing Harry Potter in a different setting. Because, like, I wanted uh, to see magic in the real world. Like, and I just thought they did it okay. so well. Loved the execution. It was so fun. Um, and then the second movie just felt like a trailer for the third movie. So I I don't care uh, about the third movie. I'm mad now. But I'm still going to see it yeah. because I'm hoping that they like it was worth it what they did with the second movie where they're still like the story's still going to be interesting enough, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I, this, this was one of the ones I was going to highlight as well. Yeah. Um, for, for, I guess similar, but slightly different reasons. I, okay. I mean, I had, I adored the Harry Potter movies and, and I read most of the books. I think I've read about four out of the seven i guess so i really love those movies and when i saw that they were going to do this fantastic beast thing it's like oh well that'll be fun because it's going to be the same atmosphere and kind of spirit and vibe but it's going to be this different time period and so i went in cautiously optimistic right (laughs) and and saw the first one and just thought oh that was nice you know that was fine It, it, it wasn't as good as i wanted it to be but i just kind of thought oh okay well you know that's it's okay. And then the second one was just, oh, man. It was so bad. Do we really have to do this? Yeah. Like, it just, I don't know. The whole, and and the only conclusion I've drawn so far, and, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to, you know, get your take on this either now or, or when we see the next movie. Sure. But, but, like, I think one of the big shortcomings that with with this franchise Mm -hmm. is that one of the things that made harry potter so magical no no pun intended right (laughs) is is that that we were watching these movies and reading these books through the eyes of kids growing up Mm. and so so there was a very youthful wide-eyed optimistic Mm -hmm. sense of wonder and, and, and so, and obviously like you're, you're watching these characters grow up and go through puberty and go through, you know, all this, just this awkward, I mean, it, some of my favorite stuff is in, you know, is when they're going to the, the Yule ball and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and, and so, so with Fantastic Beasts, it's still a Harry Potter universe, but it's just kind of regular adults. And they have some personality, but it's, I don't know. It just never, like I said, the first one was fine. And the second one made me think we don't need to do this. And so I have zero interest in seeing 
this third one. Yeah. At all. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'll end up seeing it, so I'll, I'll spare you that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that one for the team. And then this one you might need to see before me, just because, like, this one I'm so scared of is um, Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. I am. Okay. Because did, did you see the, the last one? I did. Okay. I did. The way they and... ended that, <laughs> I'm just like, you painted yourself in a corner. Like, there's no coming out of this one. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely feel what you're saying. Yeah. It's so. How do I, how do I explain this <laughs> in a concise way that doesn't take 20 minutes? So, so the first one, as we've discussed before, mm-hmm. the first one is absolutely fantastic. Yes. Just an incredible, yeah. incredible movie. Um, I did not see the first two sequels like Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, for years. Really? Um, partially because I want to say that the second one came out either just before or during my time in Chicago oh, when I was, when I was yeah. you know, a missionary. Yeah. And so, so there's kind of that gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the first Jurassic World, though I kind of recognize that, yeah, this is basically kind of the same plot as the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one... I like the idea at the end that, oh, okay, well, now we're finally going to kind of bring the dinosaurs into the real world and that's going to go crazy without kind of realizing that they had already done that because I wasn't as familiar with the sequels to Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So, so altogether, the, what was, so what was the, the previous movies? I can't remember. The, so the sequel to Jurassic World, the last one. Mm-hmm. That is like exhibit A, or at least exhibit C or D for me, as an example of why I want to do an entire series of re-reviews where (laughs) I go back and say, you know what, I think I was wrong about this one, (laughs) and it's either like much better than I thought or it's much worse than I thought. Um, because I think I gave the, 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 the sequel a pretty good review, not a, like a smashing review or anything like that, but, but kind of in retrospect, it's, uh, you know what, that really wasn't very good, was it? And I don't know. Although there were some good elements, like I can totally see that. It's just that ending that threw me off. And so like, I would have been excited for another Jurassic World movie, but it's like, and then I, they released a, like the, uh, a first look at it and I'm just like, oh no. I'm, that's I how I feel this. about the Batman. The Batman. Oh, when I, when, I, yeah. when I saw a trailer for the Batman, I just thought, and and you know what, I I don't hold Twilight against Robert Pattinson. I am perfectly <laughs> good with the idea of him being a good actor. He was bonkers in the lighthouse, you know. But I just saw the trailer for the Batman, and just my heart kind of sunk. It's like, oh, I think I'm worried about this one. Yeah. Um, but. In, in spite of that, I think the one that not only am I not looking forward to, but I may specifically just refuse to see <laughs> is Halloween Ends. <laughs> because I feel like I got suckered into seeing the sequel last year. Yeah. So there was so there was the you know the Halloween reboot. Yep. Then there then last year that was it was Halloween Kills. Yes. 
And then this year is supposed to like wrap up the trifecta with Halloween ends, which I'm sure is going to be completely untrue. I'm sure they're going to just keep cranking these things out until the end of time. Oh, for sure. Um, it's going to be Halloween ends? Just, question oh, mark? <laughs> right, right. No, this one, oh my gosh. Because I'm just not a big slasher fan. Yeah. And And I think that the only way you can justify slasher movies is if there's kind of an element of fun to them. Mm. And, and Halloween, the, the reboot that like 2017, I think it was, it just seems sadistic. And like, it wasn't like, I don't know, there just didn't seem to be any purpose to it other than, well, we're going to send this, this horrible, you know, entity guy Mm -hmm. into the world and he's just going to just kill people. And then the, the second one, Last year, mm-hmm. the idea was, oh, well, now the town's going to turn on him and they're going to hunt him down. And I thought, oh, well, that actually sounds like kind of an interesting twist. Yeah. So maybe this will be worth, oh, no, nope, it's just another. And it's like, the, you know, so I just felt totally duped. And and so with this one, it's like, you know what? <laughs> We're sorry. done with the franchise. <laughs> I, I, think, I think barring any, like, massive financial circumstances or incentives i just <laughs> oh my goodness oh man <laughs> i yeah I, I don't know i, I don't even no, know that i would fair. want to see it to make fun of it you know just <laughs> anyhow yeah oh, but, that's uh, that's one i'm not even looking at i probably should have put it as my i'm not looking forward to it but i just i know i'm not gonna see slashers or horror stuff i just i can't stomach it yeah now they're i mean and i this is another article that that i wrote last year but I, I, there's a very clear difference i don't know because i do like horror movies yeah. but certain types of horror movies and and like yeah. halloween is a perfect example of yeah this is kind of what i don't like about this genre but Anyway, mm-hmm. okay, so lest I spend too much time being pessimistic about the year to come, um, <laughs> I do want to introduce something that I'm really excited to present for this episode. Uh, last month, um, I did a special interview with the staff of Top Hat Video up in Bountiful, a video store that's been around for years and years and years and has faced down Blockbuster and, and all kinds of other threats. And, and so this is something I'm really excited to present for this episode. And uh, so off we go. I have two people from Top Hat Video in Bountiful, Utah. I've got Shanna Earl and Kate Hanley. Guys, thanks so much for coming by. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. So you happy bet. to be but here. Now, oh, yes, yes, and I'm happy to have you. Now, I should I should ask, you guys are in Bountiful, right? Because <laughs> yes, that area, that zone, I well, because I used to live down the street from from your location. And my phone could never tell whether I was in Bountiful, North Salt Lake, or Woods Cross because it seemed like it it was always pinging back and forth. So yeah. I know you're off 2600 South in the Bountiful exit, but you know, long time been there, and so it so it is Bountiful. <laughs> it is Bountiful, yeah. But I know what you mean. Sometimes it seems like it could be Woods Cross or North Salt Lake, and we're right on the cusp. Right, right. And and in more ways than one, right? Because yeah. uh so now so you're in that location now, but originally we're back in you know, back in the olden days. We're in Five Points Mall. 
Correct. And we're Adventureland video. And and so so one of the first I guess kind of questions, kind of an open ended question, I'm going to throw your way, is just you know for for our audience that isn't as familiar, give me a little bit of kind of like a concise history of of Top Hat and kind of where it started and, and kind of how it wound up where it's at now. Yeah. So Top Hat started in 1983 um, as Adventureland Video, like you mentioned. And we started at Five Points Mall and it was just this tiny little store. We had maybe under 200 VHSs for rent, maybe a dozen VCRs. And my in-laws, Lee and Lona Earl, who opened Top Hat Video, they would go to their neighbors and give them a VCR to try and say, hey, give this a try. This is really awesome. You can watch a movie in your in your home. So they were pretty much peddling their business to start out with. Um, so yeah, they they really worked it. They didn't make money for many, many years, but they stuck with it. And, and they had Adventureland Video for about six months and then changed it to Top Hat Video to okay. kind of ward off corporate invaders at the time. So okay. yeah, I don't remember how many Top Hat videos there were back in the 80s, but there were quite a few and they were all independently owned. Okay. And so, so the, the name change was basically to just kind of keep the business going. It wasn't just kind of a, oh, I think Top Hat's going to be a better fit. No, no, it was, yeah. A bunch of, a, bunch of video store owners with Adventureland Video kind of banded together and said, let's, let's ward off corporate invaders and let's change our name and let's stick together and yeah. We're the okay, last so, of them. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you guys hear this all the time because you, a, a traditional video store in 2021 is such a unique, you know, surviving business. And, right. And so, obviously, there was, there was a move made back then to kind of stay ahead of, of, of business changes. And you see, cor- corporate invaders, I think, is the, the phrase you used. What, what, how else, I mean, what would you describe as the key to Top Hat's longevity? How, how have you survived all these other weird and innovative, you know, all the stuff I was talking about? Yeah, I think it's just perseverance and dedication and passion. Uh, we have employees that have worked here for 10, 15 years. I've been here for 25 years and we've just wanted to keep this place going. We felt like if this place was gone you wouldn't have access to so many films it would just be lost and so yeah definitely perseverance there's been many times where it's been close close to closing um so yeah but we've we're hanging on yeah oh no and so you talked about like access to titles and that's that's one of the things that i've always noticed was that you know as as expansive as as stuff like you know like netflix is and even you know blockbuster back back in their heyday it always seemed to be, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. There was always, a, there were a lot of titles, but they weren't necessarily quality titles. Right. 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 And, and so where, you know, cause it seems, it seems to me like when I, when I get on Netflix and I'm just kind of bored and I'm just kind of surfing around, once I get past about like three or four dozen of kind of like their, their main, all oh, these are kind of our highlighted titles suddenly I'm just lost in this sea of stuff that I've never heard of that really seems like kind of like B, C and lower type movies. Whereas going to see you guys, you have all of the kind of like the new releases and all that kind of stuff. But then when you kind of, when you do the deep dive, 
there's all this stuff that, oh, wow, I, I'd totally forgotten about this. This is, you know, I saw this 30 years ago, or this is a movie from, from 20 years ago from, you know, like in high school that I really loved. I think you did touch on a good point. I think we're drowning in streaming content. And I, I have access to, you know, I pay for like four streaming channels and I do, I flip through like crazy and then I don't find anything and I'm frustrated. And, and if my Wi-Fi is down for a minute, I can't, you know, the streaming sucks. And I just, the yeah. physical media part of it, I, I'm like, I can I, can I just go to Top Hat and get the video that I want to watch? And so we've, and yeah. we've always dealt yeah. with competition from the very beginning. Blockbuster was a huge competition for us. There, I think there were three Blockbusters in Bountiful um, okay. during our heyday. So we've always kind of dealt with that competition. We haven't tried to be anything except for who we are. Blockbuster, I think tried to do everything and we just yeah. couldn't afford 24 copies of the new arrival that they would promise so we had to think of other ways to get people in the store and that was through just having a good variety like you said just movies that you watched 20 years ago as a kid and mm. you could find a top hat plus a new arrival and and just yeah. talking to the clerks at top hat i think the heart of a video store is the clerk and you get your your movie suggestions and you get to know the people and what they like and this new uh, movie dune that came out just yeah. recently a lot of people were coming in wanting to rent the 1980 i think three version and i said <laughs> you know have you ever heard of the alejandro yodorowsky dune the documentary oh. <laughs> and they were you know no i've never heard of that and so there's you know there's an example of talking to somebody Yes. And just finding out new ways to, to, yeah, to watch and to, people love Dune and they were just wanting to see more and that was more. And it's an amazing documentary if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. No, in, in fact, I mean, because uh, we, we started doing this podcast after, you know, because that documentary was, what, about five years ago? Maybe? Yeah, like 2013, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's been a while. And I just, I just remember kind of feeling crushed because... You know, because I, I, I grew up, I saw the David Lynch version when I was a kid. And, and of course, not having read the book beforehand, I didn't have like this preconceived notion of what Dune was supposed to be. And so I enjoyed the absurdity of the Lynch version. I wasn't like offended. Like, oh, like, I can't believe they left this out or whatever. Um, but obviously knew that it was campy and corny. And, right. And, and then I saw the documentary for, you know, the Yodorowsky one and just thought, Man, I wish I could have seen. I wish right. that would have. You know, I that. think they were like five million short of that being released, and it's such a it's such a bummer. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because if I remember right, you having seen it, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I he, they were trying to use people like uh, like Giger, yeah, and, and different different concept artists before they did stuff because Giger was the one who did the stuff for Alien, mm -hmm. right? And, but this was before Alien. So this wasn't, you know, in the 80s after he's already established. It's like he would have been the first person to use some of some of this guy's, you know, ideas. And, oh man, that would have been- that would Oh, have been I know. Good. That artwork would have been amazing to see. I wish I had that book. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he had um, Mick Jagger and Pink Floyd and- That's right, on board. that's it was, right. It would have wow. been amazing, spectacular. Uh, if only they could have made twice as many movies in the 70s as they actually did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you touched on something that I thought would be interesting to follow up on. And you, you've already kind of answered this, but maybe maybe if I kind of focus in on it a little bit. you When you're talking about your your kind of competition with Blockbuster, um, you, you said that, you know, we always 
we just wanted to be who we were, you know, who, who we are. And as, as it compared to kind of what, what, you know, kind of the corporate overload, you know, 24 copies of the new release that Blockbuster mm-hmm. is. How would you describe what Top Hat is for, for people who have not, because I, I mean, I know what you guys are. I, I have a clear impression because I've been going to, you know, visit, see you guys for years. But for somebody who has not been by the store, how would you describe What's your elevator pitch for what Top Hat <laughs> video is? Oh my gosh, there's, well, I think, I think just the culture of a video store is amazing. And I think there's a lot of cultural awakenings that happen at a video store. Um, I think for Top Hat itself, there's, of course, I don't know if you've dealt with the customer service side of Top Hat, where we, you know, we make sure we talk to everybody. We've always had a, an amazing selection we're a mom pot store. I think people love to shop local. Bountiful mm-hmm. itself has been a great community. They've been very loyal to us. I think they're they're very loyal to mom pot shops. So I think that part as well. Nice. Yeah, and and I I mean I completely echo that because like I said, I mean I I have my own thoughts on it, but I would I, I want to hear what you guys uh, would would say because one of the first things I mean other than having kind of the cool selection all that kind of thing and. Uh, the first thing that stands out to me is the customer service, just always the, the interaction and not just, not just the, the fact that the customer service is good and prompt and on time and, you know, all that kind of thing. It's the enthusiasm and it's the, the passion for what you guys are doing, which. Yeah. It's fun to talk to people. Yeah. With... I mean, we're cinephiles, right. Josh, you know, that's. <laughs> what can we oh, say? you had to go use the big word now. Yeah. Now, now we're going to have to change the rating of this podcast. Yeah. I'm not a cinephile. I, I watch a lot of trash. So. <laughs> but yeah, you oh. talk about Blockbuster and, and they did have that kind of corporate feel about them. You go in and they just, they all looked the same. They dressed the same. Yeah. It just, it wasn't special. And so. I, yeah. I want to point out about Blockbuster. Yes, Blockbuster would have 24 titles of Titanic or whatever, 24 copies. But they wouldn't have, like, the the, the Dune. The, how do you even say that? Yodorowsky. Yodorowsky. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm dumb. But well, they wouldn't they even wouldn't, know about they, it. Yeah, they wouldn't even know, and they wouldn't carry it. And so, yeah, you get more of the big titles, but you are missing 20,000, you know, smaller titles that we have. Same with Netflix and stuff. I mean, really. I mm-hmm. mean, there's, I mean... Yeah, it's a big difference in terms of the oh, variety, yeah. I think. No, it's it it feels like a place more, you know, just like you say, for cinephiles, for people for people who love movies, even even the trashy ones, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a place for, you know, Most the, tra- the 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 lowbrow movies for yeah. sure. Um yeah. well, so so here's here's a question. Since since you said that you've been, you know, you know, working for for Top Hat for for a few years, what would you describe as the biggest change from when you started working? And I'll, I'll, I'll address this to both of you. Could, but, you know, Kate, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't been there for 25 years, right? Not quite. I haven't even been alive not, that not long. But... <laughs> still, still. So, so for each of you, what would you describe as the biggest change from when you started working at Top Hat to what you know the current conditions are? And maybe, maybe I'll, I'll disqualify COVID references because that's too obvious. Uh, I think for me, I've seen, you know, we've always kept up on all the new technology. When DVD came out, we were the first to get DVD over Blockbuster. We were the first to do Blu-ray, first to do 4K. Um, But I think streaming coming along, and that's really been 
kind of the biggest change on our that we've seen. I think it's just, and I, I don't know if you've read much about Ridley Scott and his last Duel movie. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that he so put out. Bad. So he, there's this new movie called Last Duel. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it I, did, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I know about it. And I, yeah. It I didn't Ridley do Scott great. Did. In the, it did horrible. It didn't do great. But it's actually, <laughs> okay. it's actually pretty, but it's an okay movie. The ratings were pretty good. So he blames what, <laughs> he uses the term apathetic millennials. <laughs> he blames them for ruining his film because we've, you know, they've, they're not going to the theaters. They're not seeing movies. And I, okay. and it's a harsh term. I, I, I don't think it's that exactly, but I think a lot of it is streaming is just too convenient. And I think, mm-hmm. I think streaming is ruining film, honestly. Okay. So, and then if film's not being made in, you know, to be shown in the theater, then it's, the video store doesn't really have much to to put out. So, yeah. how maybe maybe to elaborate a little bit, what what is it specifically that you think about streaming that is that is harming the the filmmaking business process? What you know? I think a big problem is things get like you said lost in the shuffle. These movies come out and they never get seen. They're dumped on Netflix. Even big movies by big directors, unless you know it's like mm-hmm. Irishman, you know Martin Scorsese. A lot of, you know, these good directors' films, they just get dumped. They're never seen. And then the other the other problem is, like you said before, with streaming, you are on there for an hour just doom scrolling, and you never watch anything. I'll do, I mean, I've had so many times, like, okay, I'm going to watch a movie. It's 9 o'clock. You know, I want to be in bed by midnight. And, you know, I'll be scrolling for an hour. It'll be 10 o'clock. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not watching a movie anymore. <laughs> So it really is important. I mean, streaming, back in the day, you have Sunday night movie on television. It forces choice. And the video store does, too. I mean, obviously, you have choices, but at the end of the day, you got to pick one home movie, and when you get home, you have to watch that movie. Yeah, I think it's a commitment. Yeah. I think it's a commitment to go to the video store. It's a commitment that you made. You know, there's a physicality of it. You mm-hmm. go to the store. You get in your car. You drive to the video store. You go in. You talk to people. You find out what mm-hmm. you want to watch. You pick up this movie. You check it out. You know you have to bring it back. So you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, it is a commitment. Yeah, well, it becomes more of an event, right? I, I can't take credit for this idea, but I know that, that one of the, the arguments I've heard is that, you know, with, with things like streaming, if you're just, if you never have to leave your living room, it, it's less special. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you make the effort to go out and, you know, drive over to top out, look through, you're going to see things that you wouldn't have considered. The constant thorns in my side is that it seems like when I'll go to the video store, I will suddenly forget all of the movies that I've thought about in the last two or three weeks that I thought, oh, I need to go rent that. And I need to write them down because then I actually go and it's like, oh, I know there were like three or four that I wanted to get and I can't remember what they, you know. Yeah. Um, but but it's still, you know, there's an effort there, and it feels it feels more special. Like it could actually be a night out to go, like versus Netflix and chill, right? Which is just kind of like the lazy stay home right. thing. Going out to a video store makes it feel like, oh, well, there's you know, I, I, like you say, kind of a commitment. Yeah, and plus there's the human interaction, there's the human connection, which I think a lot of people are missing out on, especially nowadays oh. with COVID. <laughs> so yes, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean that's the other okay. big problem with streaming, real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, ha- you don't know what you like. With you get a human recommendation from someone like, oh, you like Adam Sandler movies. Well, here's a good Adam Sandler movie, or here's a comedy similar. to You don't Adam just Sandler kick movie. those people out. 
Yeah. Well, I love Adam Sandler. I'll defend Adam Sandler for the day I die. So, um, but with we'll streaming, do a special episode. And you can defend Adam Sandler. Yes, no, I, I would love to. But yeah, with streaming, I mean, you don't have. It's say, oh, you might like this, but it's just you know an algorithm saying you know because you watched one movie that you might like another. Yeah, right. it's not right. personal. It's not a personal algorithm. We're personal. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I think I think that's a good way of putting it. Okay, so so aside from whatever is just popular at the moment, right? Because whatever the new releases are, obviously those are going to be getting a lot of attention. Have you noticed beyond that? Are there any movies that just get seem to get rented a lot? Like, do you have like some all time most popular titles that for whatever reason people just always seem to be checking out this movie? Besides the Hallmark section. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Christmas ones are easy. Like, Elf is, like, I think the movie okay. we have the most copies of in the I think store. that one and Groundhog Day, we have okay. the most copies. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. so so those ones just just seem to get the repeat the repeat viewings. The repeat, repeat. Well, it's a little bit of cheat because they are kind of holiday movies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of, like, the most rented, just non-holiday Bountiful loves romantic comedies, so those get rented okay. a lot. People are always coming and asking for recommendations on that. Um, around Halloween time, they want a good scary movie that's not rated R. So yeah, we okay. have a big section yeah. of movies that are scary that are not rated R. But but no more brain cavity anymore, right? No brain cavity. I love that you bring that up. <laughs> it was one of my favorite things. Oh my goodness. So so okay. So obviously you know I got to clue the listeners in here. So one one kind of unique thing about about Top Hat is that you guys will have special subcategories and kind of featured categories beyond like comedy and drama and action, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and one of my all-time favorites was there was always this section, I think it was over usually by the horror movies, right? And it was the very called... bottom shelf of the horror was our brain cavity. <laughs> oh, yeah, just so you have to be looking to find it. Right. Maybe maybe that's intentional. Um, but it was called it was called brain cavity and that is just like the all-time like the cult the cult hits. Yeah. Like you know, you know and and, and some just absolutely crazy, wacky movies down there. Um, it actually inspired me to start my own brain cavity cult collection. Really? And oh yeah, yeah. In fact, it's I'm I'm staring at it right now. I could I could name off some of the titles. I love this. You have um, to name a couple. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I've got. Uh, I'm looking at Evil Dead Two. I'm looking at Rubber, the the Rubber. About the, 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 tire. the killer tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Eraserhead on it. Uh, I've got Harold and Maude. I actually have a copy of Johnny Lingo over there. Uh, I've got Reuben and Ed, oh, local yeah. filmmaker, Trent Harris, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, I've got Schlock, which was, I believe, John Landis's first movie. Um, Trapped by the Mormons. Because uh, I didn't think Trapped by the Mormons was available on DVD. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. <laughs> it's one of our oh, favorites. Yeah. We have a copy is of uh, Beaver yeah. Trilogy. That I got at Ken right. Sanders Rare Books. Okay. Yeah. 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 Kind of a, a a kindred business, right? Ken it's Sanders now. would be. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about working at Top Hat? Uh, well, I, this will, I, I'll repeat myself, but I think it's the culture. <laughs> I think it's the relationships that I build. And, and for working here for 25 years, I've built a lot of relationships and seen a lot of people come and go. And, you know, I've gone to weddings. I've gone to funerals. I've of customers, uh, of employees. We've employed over 200, and 200 people. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, the culture and the relationships. That's cool. That's cool. Kate, how about you? 
Yeah, for me, it's being at a job that I get to talk about and interact with a, a topic I'm interested in, which is movies. I mean, you know, I worked at Dick's Grocery Store, but I'm not passionate about <laughs> bread um, or groceries, really. Um, so, yeah, being here, getting to talk movies every day. You get to watch me, put movies on the screens. and Yeah, I mean, I just like being around movies, so... Well, if, if it makes you feel any better, I, I had a stint in high school where I worked at, now this was the Pages Lane Dick's Market, which has since moved to Parish Lane, but uh, yeah, no, I, I did my time as a grocery bagger back in the day. And yeah, that was me, it sucks, but you know. <laughs> so Josh, I would ask you, what, what keeps you coming back to Top Hat? Just, it's it's a business I believe in, you know, and just kind of the, some of the stuff that I mentioned before, just that, you know, I know that there are going to be titles there that are available that I'm not going to find in kind of, you know, the obligatory, that, like I say, when, whenever I look at whether it's Amazon Prime, whether it's Netflix, they have good movies, but you look through the different categories and they're really just kind of cycling through like the same two dozen. Mm -hmm. And so to really kind of dig in, you know, for a guy who has his own cult section in his collection, you know, Top Hat's the kind of place where I'm going to go to find my stuff. And then, but even that, I still say, would take a back seat to just the customer service experience because having worked at Dick's Market, I actually I also worked for about uh, almost a year at. You remember the warehouse was the was the it was on Fifth South and Bountiful. It used to be Pegasus oh, Video, and then it became the warehouse. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I I worked there uh, just like during my first year of college, and and kind of like you guys described. I mean, there was there. The interacting when, when I'm helping people find music or when I was helping people find movies, that was fun. Like standing behind the cash register, which most of that job was, was just kind of a drag. It was obligatory. Um, but I've had enough customer service experience myself that I really appreciate when people love it and, and are enthusiastic about it. Because I know it's not the kind of thing that I was, it was not easy for me to be enthusiastic about. And, and you know, and, and so I think that, you know, the culture that you describe and, and going into a place where people are, are happy to be there and they're excited to help. And it's, it's something that we're all kind of, you know, we're all into this. Um, it's a place you want to be. And it's in it. Like I said, it's the kind of business I want to support. I mean, that's, I, I, I want you guys to go for a hundred years to come, you know, and, and, and that's, I, as, as convenient and as many benefits as I see with stuff like, you know, like streaming and all that kind of thing. I, I question sometimes whether it's just me being kind of a technological laggard, right? Because I'm always a little bit behind the curve with some of this stuff, but I still really love physical media too. And I, I don't like the idea of having my entire collection on the cloud somewhere, right. which is going to crash or it's going to be hacked, yeah. right? And yeah. so I love, I love being able to look across the room, which you guys can't see, and, and, and see a big rack full of physical Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff. And so, you know, that top, top hat's all, all part of that. So we're recording this in December. And so 2021 is getting ready to wrap up. Um, one of our last episodes, I just did a big breakdown of kind of all the prestige movies that are like, you know, award hopefuls and stuff like that. And so this is, you know, definitely time to kind of look back. Um, the last couple of years have been really interesting in this regard because we certainly haven't had the volume of movies to choose from that, that we have in previous years. But I'm still wondering, and the question for both of you, what would you say is your favorite movie of 2021, as of right now? 
I already know my answer. You do. You better go first because I don't. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I'm going to say it hasn't come out everywhere yet. I'm going to give two answers. I'm going to give a documentary and <laughs> already already breaking the rules. <laughs> well, the, one of them is kind of you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. Kind of what's the word antithetical to this whole conversation because it's only on Disney Plus. But <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> the, the Beatles documentary Get Back I loved. Oh. Which is hardly okay. a movie. It's like a okay. miniseries, eight hours. It's really good. I'm a massive Beatles fan. Right. But my favorite movie was the new right. uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Licorice Pizza, um, which is coming uh-huh. out on Christmas wide. Okay. And I'm a massive okay. fan of him. I think it's one of like the first, he's like one of the first kind of prestige directors, I don't know, to kind of come back since COVID. And I really enjoyed it. So So you'll be, you'll be happy to hear that my number one nominee for Best Supporting uh, best supporting actor was Bradley Cooper for his oh, and his the, role in Licorice. You Pizza. saw it? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. sweet! Did you like it? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. It. Uh, um, his. I mean, I like. I like the movie in general, but I especially but, loved Bradley Cooper. Was just off the wall in that movie. Yeah, he's just incredible, and they're not going to give it to him because he's only in it for eight minutes, which is ridiculous. Because. Uh, the supporting actor category has just turned into basically whoever the second lead is. Like it can basically uh, be the lead of the movie, and they won't, right. you know, nominate them. But you know, I think uh-huh. a lot of, the, I mean, it, it is supporting. It doesn't matter the length. So now, and you, you probably already know this, but did did you heard? I, I hadn't heard until I got into the movie that the the lead actor, and of course I'm forgetting his name, but he's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Yes, Cooper Hoffman. Yes. Yeah. And Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman's my favorite actor of all time. Um, so yes, that was very cool to see. And obviously he was great friends with Paul Thomas Anderson. He did, you know, yeah, five movies right, with him. Right. So that was very touching okay. and he's great. In well, and movie. I love, I love Get Back too. I mean, it was, it was long and I, I, I really kind of got the sense that you either had to be a real diehard Beatles fan or just somebody who was really into music to properly appreciate it because it was so, it was so immersive that I could see just kind of casual fans being Oh my gosh! I can't. You know, why won't they finish a song yeah. and just keep like, noodling around? You know, but but no, that was that was great. Brother was casually into the Beatles, and twenty minutes in, he's like, "What is this? This is <laughs> this is garbage." But yeah. so, had you seen the original Let It Be documentary? I haven't actually, just because there's no officially released version. The ones online, it yeah. just looks like crap. Like, I mean, the picture, um, yeah, because it's all bad transfers. And I don't know. I just always heard it was so miserable and unpleasant. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, this. it's not. It's not too bad. I've got a bootleg of it somewhere from oh. a friend who I think he only intended to loan it to me, but then he moved out of the state, and so I think it's officially part of my collection now. Oh, um, nice. But uh, yeah, no, I think I, I definitely enjoyed enjoyed this one better. So yeah. okay, so Shannon, we've been you given you plenty of time to think now. <laughs> Best yeah, movie for twenty twenty one. Better be a good one. What nothing like really stands out for me, but I I liked um I like the new Val Kilmer documentary. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. did. Yeah, it made me really sad. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and then I I liked Nobody. I thought that was a really fun action. Oh my gosh! Did I miss? Okay, tell me about Nobody. What's his name? Bob Odenkirk. Yes, yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Better call Saul. Yeah, it's the same back. guys that did John Wick. I think they, they may be the same okay. producers. Yeah. Oh, man. It's really well, fun. It's just a fun action I'm one. so unprofessional because I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just watched one recently with Nicolas Cage in it called Pig. Oh, yeah. Which was 
I loved Pig. That's yeah. the other one I was about to say. Pig was... Really? He's so good in Pig. Yeah. Okay. So I highly recommend that. You get these year-end screener packages where, you know, like the, the neon company or different distributors will just start in, like, you know, different companies will send us, uh, like, award screeners. Yeah, and, we used to I get it back in the day. Do you? Really? We used to. Back in, the, yeah, back in the VHS days, we would get screeners. Oh, okay. Um, well, you should still be getting them now. Right? You guys, you, you guys deserve them as much as Who I do. Who do I talk to, Josh? <laughs> Probably more, yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Okay. Um, but I know I know that Pig came through, and I know that I haven't seen it. So once again, I am... Um, so, so, I mean, pretty much all you have to say is Nicolas Cage, and you can kind of fill in the blanks from there. But what, what is it about Pig that you love so much? I just didn't know what it was what was going to happen i was just like where is this movie going to go he plays this hermit in the middle of the woods and has a pig who hunts truffles and he sells these truffles and then there's a backstory about him being this world famous chef huh. and it's just but it's not it's not schlocky nicholas cage over the top it's actually okay. made very seriously i think he's an incredible actor i love nicholas cage and everything oh he is and yeah it's it sounds like another over the top like this guy you know he's looking for his pig who's been kidnapped it sounds ridiculous but it's played completely seriously it's quite touching um it's very emotional there's a line where he says give me back my pig and it's (laughs) in a nicholas cage voice it's pretty (laughs) pretty great and there's a couple special features on the on the disc about him you know learning to be a chef so he's hired some chefs to teach him how to cook and it's just very entertaining Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I've been I've been a fan of Nicolas Cage ever since Moonstruck and Raising Arizona. You know that 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 early stuff that he did. You know I I've been a fan ever since then. I I actually a little while ago I was considering I didn't follow through, but maybe I don't quite maybe not I'm not, not brave enough to do this. Uh, but I thought maybe I should do like a 30 days of Cage thing. <laughs> like we just watch a different Nicolas Cage movie every day for a month, and I. I started looking through his, you know, his huge IMDb list. There's some really and, bad ones. Oh yeah, no, there that, and I think that's kind of what made me second guess was, oh, do I really want to? Because there's, there's just not enough with to to get, to get through it without having to go down right, some right. of these <laughs> these dark corridors. Of, Did you see Mandy? <laughs> no, oh. no, I know, Mandy, I, yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm. This is terrible. See. This is why you guys are the professionals, and you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just interviewing you because you you know, and this is this is this is a perfect example of why you come in, right? Yeah. Because you guys are going to have all kinds of references and all kinds of recommendations that uh, you know us us lazy types have not uh, have not gotten around to yet. <laughs> We're here for the lazy types. Hey, hey, that's, that's our great, slogan. And, 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 and we and we feel we feel so welcome. <laughs> so okay, so final question. Um, and then, and, and thanks again so much. This, this has been a lot of fun. And of course, I, you know, could talk to you guys ears off all afternoon. And I'm looking forward to stopping by and talking some more. Um, but uh, officially, the the question I want to ask that, that we ask all of our all of our guests on the Utah Film Pod, um, if you could name three movies that you would recommend to somebody in order to get to know you. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna the first one. I'm gonna say like I'm gonna go Toy Story, as a kid. Okay. okay. I'm gonna say, um, you know, growing up, all those Pixar. I mean, I think everyone kind of grows up on the Disney kind of stuff. 
And, you know, that's one of the first... And it's a legitimately good movie. I mean, most of those early Pixar ones especially... Yeah. Oh, yeah. ...are legitimately great. So I'm going to go with that. Um, second one... I'm just, it's kind of... I, I love Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Okay. I'm obsessed. So we're taking a hard left turn now. Yes. This is my team. We started started with Toy Story. And now. (laughs) Yeah. This is me when I'm like 13, 14. I'm obsessed with Quentin Tarantino, so I'm going to sing Glorious Bastards. That's my favorite of his. Just because it's a fun, I think, perfectly made movie. Not, you know, his movies aren't the deepest in the world, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just a fun movie. Okay. And then, third one, and this is a movie that most people haven't heard of but it's legitimately great and i hope people go and watch it it's called the dirties it's a canadian found footage movie about two kids making movies in their school Mm. it takes a dark turn it's a great film i'm a massive fan of filmmaker matt johnson most people haven't you know discovered him yet i think he could blow up one day well he's canadian yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no movies are big in Canada, but <laughs> not enough movies are made in Canada, right? It's great. It's called The Dirties. Check it out. Uh, okay. And that's and it. Just relates very heavily to me. I relate to the characters quite a bit. Okay. They do some bad things, but not that aspect. But just like the making. Movies. I was gonna say, like, you be careful what you're saying. Yeah. No. No. The characters are. They're these of... awful people, and I completely yeah. relate to them. Yes. At the end of the day, it's a movie about making movies and people who love movies. Um, so I guess that's kind of why I relate to it. But yeah, those are the nice. three right now off the top of my head. Cool. Okay, so so quick follow up question then, just because you you mentioned Inglorious Bastards, and so since that's what I, I guess what I would consider Tarantino's other kind of revisionist history movie, what what did you think about? Because you, you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Saw four times in theaters. <laughs> okay, so well, all right, so. So it's you a hated problem. it, obviously. I, you know, it's, uh, worst, worst movie ever, right? So, yeah. okay. No, no I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I especially loved, and this this isn't even really like the most critical part of it, but um, I loved the the sequence transitioning into the third act when all the lights come on around the valley mm, and uh, yeah. you're playing the Rolling Stones out of time mm-hmm. in the background and and partially because they, you know, that you see the old Taco Bell light up and I remember yeah. Taco Bell before it was like this super franchise Taco <laughs> yeah. Bell thing and all right, some very nice choices. Shanna, I, you ready well, for this? You know, I want to try to sound intellectual and say something like, oh, I love a Jean-Luc Goddard, you know, <laughs> Breathless. Or, but I, I just, I love musicals. And so, and Gene Kelly okay. is one of my favorite dancers and actors of all time. So my favorite is an American in Paris or Sing okay. in the Rain. There's kind of a toss up between the two. So they right. just never get old for me. I could watch them a million times and, and laugh. Seeing the rain makes me laugh. And um, I think, and I also will go to a Quentin Tarantino. I love the Kill Bill movies. They're okay. they're probably Great. my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And I I don't know what else. I, <laughs> just, okay. I This is controversial, but I do love uh, the old Woody Allen. I love Annie Hall. I love Hannah and Her Sisters. Yeah. So I yeah. just, a good... A good movie with that good dialogue is yeah, great for me. Oh yeah, yeah no, and those those are those are up there. I I especially remember, uh, you know, being introduced and this I don't know. You, you mentioned that it's kind of a controversial choice and and I remember kind of back in the early '90s in high school. That's all I knew was that oh you, you know this 
you, you would hear the tabloid stuff about Woody Allen. But then a friend of mine persuaded me to read some of his early prose. Um, so before he started making movies, he was writing for like the New Yorker and, and doing, you know, different essays and stuff. And, and it was just world changing for me, like yeah. artistically, just, you know, the, the writing. And then of course those early movies like Bananas and stuff, you know, before he became a little more sophisticated with yeah. Annie Hall. <laughs> I like Bananas but, as uh, well. <laughs> well, any final thoughts, anything, anything you'd like to tell the, uh, the vast audience of the Utah Film Pod on behalf of Top Hat Video? I'm only being kind of sarcastic. Well, I just, I think that video stores are very important and there's so many films that will, would be lost if a video store wasn't around. Yeah. You, there's only so much available on streaming and so please support, I don't know how many local video stores there are out there, but support as many as you can. Yeah. And can I plug something real quick? Please plug plug away, plug away. I appreciate you guys taking your time, and I want you to plug whatever you yes. need. Top Hat Video, we do tape transfers, where we will take people's old like VHS, home movies, audio cassette tapes, um, eight millimeter tapes, not the reels, unfortunately, and like <laughs> mini DVDs, all different, all basically all kinds of tapes, and we can put them on DVDs or flash drive or digital, and it seems like a lot of people have been you know, wanting to do that lately. It's been, that's been going pretty well. They so. make awesome gifts. So. Yes. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. And that's just, just the way that technology has been changing over the years. You know, I mean, I, I know that I've got a whole backlog of stuff that uh, is now in a format that's a little harder to, you know, my old, my old mini DV, uh, you know, camcorder tapes and stuff like that. So bring them in, Josh. I, well, I'm going to, I'm planning on coming in soon. That's uh, I'm I'm excited to come and spend some more time with you guys. But really, really appreciative of you guys taking the time today. This was a lot of fun. Just really scratching the surface. Yeah, um, it was fun. But, Thank uh, you for having us. You bet. You bet. You're welcome, and and good luck. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Nice. Well, this was one heck of an episode. We got to, <laughs> we covered some good ground, and uh, thanks everybody for for taking the time to hear us out and listen to us and uh and to read our stuff online we're great mm -hmm. glad to have a couple of new articles for you to check out if you haven't seen them already and yeah we we hope you are all um in good shape for uh 2022 we can all be cautiously optimistic together we're in this together and we'll survive yet another year i hope <laughs> sounds great have a great 2022 everybody we'll see you next time mm -hmm.